Cheers, and welcome to another episode of the Chillinois Podcast. We're actually live on Instagram right now, which is one of the two, I guess, three places we're still active online. Um, the two other being Twitter and this podcast. We're currently in the uh, midst of what you might call a restructure. So that's exciting. Um, yeah, check. You'll, you can expect our website to be back online um, in the near future. I currently don't have an ETA on that because I just keep smoking weed and not working, right? <laughs> I'm just joking. Well, today, it's just me. So if you don't like me, this isn't the episode for you. Um, but just wanted to read the news and act like I know what I was talking about. No, I'm joking. I wanted to. I want to try to share some things that I've read online, and hopefully uh, allow you to uh, put some pieces of the puzzle together. Because there's been some things happening in the world, right? So, first off, we've recently uh, released some podcasts, um, and one of them we actually talked about Delta Eight. So I wanted to follow up on that topic. Um, Another thing, though, before we get started, I am recording from a different location using a slightly different setup. So if you're listening to the podcast, please let me know how this sounds, uh, because it's very possible that it doesn't sound good. So this is also kind of a, another te test podcast as we try to test new equipment out and stuff like that. So um, again, we recently had an episode where we talked about Delta 8 with High Stick. Check out that episode if you haven't yet, because it's pretty good. The guys from High Stick are really cool, um, and they're an open book. So if you had any question, if you listen to the episode, or if you have listened to the episode and you come away with any questions, uh, send them our way. Uh, you can email me at chili at chillinoy.net. That's C-H-I-L-L-I at chillinoy.net. All questions are welcome. Nothing's off the table. Again, I, I really mean it. These guys are an open book. Um, and if you listen to the podcast, you'll, you'll know what I mean. So, um, but just on the topic of Delta eight, I did a little bit of research and it actually popped up in one of the headlines, um, that I was reading. And so Rolling Stone recently did an article on Delta eight. Let me find the headline for you guys. Um, the headline is how some THC is legal for now. Okay, you guys can hear cars driving by, so that's something cool. I definitely heard that. Feel free to send that in your feedback if you hear a lot of background noise. Anyways, though, the headline is how some THC is legal for now. And so it's about Delta 8, what they dub a less potent cousin of the famed Delta 9 THC. And just some excerpts that I wanted to read on air um, from the article. Uh, so... Quote, the legality surrounding Delta 8 remains complicated. Um, and this next quote is from Joseph Holscher, uh, who is the founding member of the Texas Association of Cannabis Lawyers and a longstanding member of uh, the Normal Legal Committee. Um, so he said, while Delta 8 THC is legal, if derived from hemp, the process most commonly used to produce Delta 8 synthetically, which is synthetically altering CBD into Delta-8 THC, probably isn't legal. According to Holscher, who represents cannabis business in Texas, 
Synthetically altering the CBD is considered the cost-effective method for manufacturers to produce wholesale Delta-8 THC, which otherwise only exists in fractions of a percent in hemp plants. This process, though, is federally banned, which I think is something that the folks at High Stick brought up last time. And so um, I think that what they're arguing is that they're not doing that, just to be candid. And I'm sure that, again, I'm sure they'd be able to talk about that when they come back on the show. Sorry to let my join again. I'm sure they'd be willing to talk about that again. They don't seem to have anything off the table. Um, so just to continue reading some of what Holster said, he said, just as many jurisdictions uh, struggled to build the infrastructure to correctly identify legal hemp, few have the ability to correctly establish scientifically how a sample of Delta-8 THC was sourced. Holster says that the DOJ is aware and we can expect that they will figure out how to prosecute these cases in the future. So that's, ex that's not exciting. That's kind of scary, but um, there's, there's, I think there's a reason that, that they're shooting for this. I'm not saying that the reason's based in good, in good faith or anything, cause it's the fucking DEA, but there, there are reasons. And I, I just off the top of my head, one of the reasons that I can give you, and this is kind of something that, Hey, Dan Sloud, how's it going? Um, sorry, I'm talking to the people in the live stream. So one of the things that um, Highstick mentioned that might be the reasoning behind this whole um, illegality of synthesizing Delta-8 from CBD, I guess the reason behind that is because like a lot of this shit reminds, or at least it reminded me of Spice, how like, you know, they make spice illegal and then the people that make spice just alter the chemical structure just a little bit so that they can release more spice. I might be totally wrong on that, but that's kind of what it reminded me of. Um, and I think that's why ultimately they don't want it to be legal. They don't want you synthesizing cannabinoids um, for ingestion, which I think sounds, you know, seems agreeable. Um, but when asked about the future of Delta 8's legality, according to this Rolling Stone article, um, the D a DEA spokesperson told the Rolling Stone that the agency is currently undergoing a rulemaking process regarding the implementation of the Agriculture Improvement Act of 2018. A couple years late, whatever though, right? It's the DEA, uh, which, which includes the scope of regulatory control over cannabis, tetrahydrocannabinols, uh, sorry, and other cannabis-related constituents. Um, and therefore he wasn't, they didn't comment on Delta eight until the process was complete. But this fuck I just got burnt by my fucking hemp rope. <laughs> I guess I, you, I was making the joke last time that maybe, well, you, you probably haven't heard that episode yet. I don't think we've re released it. Uh, no, we have, um, Justine, like almost burnt the fucking house down. Oh, Hey, she, Justine's tuning in almost burnt the fucking house down with hemp wick. You're welcome, Justine. Um, so uh, I'm all over the place. This is probably why, if anybody doesn't like me, this this right here is why. Um, the spokesperson added that the emergence of different marijuana constituents underscores the importance of research. There's a lot to learn about the impacts of marijuana and its chemical constituents. And the DEA and the D DOJ fully support these research efforts, which is why a week ago, 
With the support of our interagency part partners, we announced unprecedented action to expand opportunities for scientific and medical research on marijuana in the United States. And I'd like to note that they did, that the DEA did use the, uh, I call it the William Randolph Hearst spelling of the word marijuana, where they use the H instead of the J. I'm pretty sure it's so that you read it in the way that I said it, as opposed to how white people would read it, which is marijuana, you know what I mean? You want it to sound, you want it to sound Hispanic. So it's got that shock value. Um, so that's, that's Delta eight. I felt like it was important to cover that. Do with, with that information, what do you will? And hit us with, hit us with some follow-up questions. If you have any questions about from for high stick, again, they're an open book. They're willing to talk about anything. They're really cool guys. And on that note, if you go to highstick.com, that's H-I-I stick.com, and you decide that you do want to buy some of their Delta 8, if you use code CHILLINOY10, you'll get 10% off of your order, and 10% will 10 of the order will go to us, which is like the first time we've ever received any financial support in this endeavor uh we've only lost money doing this so um uh, moving on uh one of the last things that donald trump did on his way out of office was grant more pardons right so um according to marijuanamoment.net our friends our good friends which hopefully we can have somebody from from their website on in the future I'm trying to establish that relationship that'd be cool um, according to MarijuanaMoment.net, Craig Cecil was granted clemency for his cannabis conviction that landed, landed him a life sentence. Clemency was granted by President Donald Trump on or around January 19th. I'm pretty sure it was last night, but I don't know. And I didn't. The, the article I'm reading off of uh, from MarijuanaMoment.net is uh, it was published five hours ago so i don't think he did this five hours ago i think he did this last night um i saw there was the announcement for pardons but uh, the headline if you're wanting to read the article from marijuana moment.net um it's an article written by kyle yeager the headline is trump grants clemency to marijuana prisoners on last day in office um so maybe it was today Judging by the headline, you'd think it was today, but uh, I'm not I'm really not sure on the timing. I swear to you that it was late last night, which would have been the 19th. So, but I'm not sure. Um, according to MarijuanaMoment.net, 12 people in total were granted, uh, were included in the latest round of clemency actions. Uh, 12 of those people had marijuana-related convictions. And more than two dozen others um, had other drug offenses on their records, which were also grant, granted pardons or commutations. So that's pretty cool. Um, according to MarijuanaMoment.net, Weldon Angelos, uh, I may be saying his name wrong, an activist who received a presidential uh, pardon for a marijuana conviction last month, had been involved in White House talks about further clemency. And he told MarijuanaMoment.net that he's been... Uh, encouraged by the progress that advocates have been able to make. Uh, one person he fought especially hard for 
according to this article from marijuanamoment.net. I'm going to keep plugging him because I don't, you know, I want to give him credit where credit is due. Uh, Luke Scaramazzo uh, was sentenced to 22 years in federal prison for operating a state legal medical cannabis business in California. Um, and he did not make the clemency list. Um, Angelo said it's possible that he was passed up at the last minute or that he will be granted relief in another round of clemency. Um, but at this point, you know, he's gone. So let's hope that Biden just part, you know, um, Oh, we just did it. I can't think of what it's called in Illinois. Um, I'm fucking high as shit, but it's when you basically take it off your record. It's, it's like a, a legal pardon. Anybody in the Instagram live got me on this term that I'm trying to think of? Help you boy out. I can't think of the fucking term, but it's worth noting that just, I gotta say that, uh, who's expungements. Thank you. Chicago medical MMJ on Instagram got me. That's the word I was looking for. So let's hope that since this guy was, so here's the thing about this guy that was passed up. He was operating under state law in California. There's no reason he should be locked up right now. There's no reason. Um, he's being made an example of. So uh, my hope is that he, since he didn't get the pardon that, I mean, he deserves a pardon. He deserves it all. Uh, but my hope is that moving forward with a cannabis friendly administration that we're going to see more friendliness towards cannabis offenses, right? And, and other nonviolent offenses. So it is worth noting and Weldon Angelus said he's going to, I think he basically said he's going to take the win where he can get it, but it's worth noting that Roger Stone, Paul Manafort, um, and a team of four private military contractors who were convicted of killing 17 Iraqi civilians in 2007 were granted alongside Weldon Angelos. So if you're starting to think that Trump's this like great guy who's about there that was on his way out the door, like, oh, coming to like this limelight moment, that's not, I would, I would hesitate to think that at all. And in fact, he did more harm than good in my personal opinion, starting with appointing Jeff Sessions, but I'll try not to get too, this is the thing though. Cannabis talk is inherently political, but I know that, you know, some people, especially considering the fact that I am a fucking idiot. Some people don't want to hear my opinion, but you know, I'm just trying to share what I can. Right. So what are, what are we saying? Thank you. Thank you. Chicago medical MMJ. He says he or she, or they say, well said. Thank you. That makes me feel good. Um, so uh, overall, we're all ca cautiously optimistic for this new Democratic Senate and the incoming presidential administration. We're hoping that this trend of, you know, expunging or righting our wrongs will continue. And despite a his despite Joe Biden's history of championing anti-drug legislation, um, He's called those efforts a mistake and now backs some really conservative cannabis reforms. And look, I'll take progress where I can get it. Did the last person ever admit when they made a mistake? Really? Did they? I don't think so. Um, so I, I'll take, uh, you know, humans can make mistakes and I'll take what I can get. Right. 
Um, so he's not really at this point, if you've read it all, our new president, congrats to Joe Biden. I've lost a few listeners. I hope it wasn't because I'm talking about Joe Biden. Our new president is not in favor of full legalization, but he is, um, like I say, he's being conservative. In my opinion, too conservative, but my that's my opinion, right? Um, he's been pushing for decriminalizing possession overall, so that's cool. He's hoping to expunge records, which is something I was just talking about. Um, he is pushing for legalization of medical cannabis, which it, which would be a huge win, um, especially for the folks. You know, you don't think about this, but some most folks can't afford like, OK, let me back up. Some folks can't afford drugs, right? Whatever they may be, whatever things they may be prescribed or recommended. They may not be able to afford it, so they use different uh, public options in order to get help, right? Um, so they can't do that currently. Like They can't use any federal allotted dollars towards their medical cannabis. Like I've heard people ask about I'm, Justine, if you're listening, what, what am I thinking of? SSDI? Um, people want to use like money that they've been allocated generally towards medicine um, and they can't oh hey Justine hey I was how's it going Um, I was just trying to talk about like what was I talking about oh uh, if if medical marijuana is legalized mm-hmm then you so you were a bud tender didn't people try to use like some of their like i can't think of even what i'm trying to say right now because i'm so high but it's like their allotted funds like federal support that shows you my privilege i don't even know what i'm like like they get shit from the state they get shit from the federal government to use towards prescription medication but because marijuana is not prescription medication well, we had patients that would collect all of their receipts and then they can turn it into um, like DHS, like the Department of Human Services and get like a tax rate off or a, a small reimbursement for that. Okay. But the point I'm trying to make is that it sounds like it's a pain in the ass. And the hope is that going forward, it won't be because medical cannabis will be legalized. Somebody just asked a question in the chat. Thoughts on the 21 growers that ha- get to have a complete monopoly in Illinois? I'll Bullshit. Give you- yeah, I mean, it is. And it's by design, in my humble opinion, like uh, what you're seeing, to quote uh, a friend that we'll have on the podcast in the future, what you're seeing is what is how it was designed, right? The outcome you're seeing is what was truly meant to happen. Think this is what I always say a year just shortly before we legalized adult use cannabis, those same 21 growers asked if they could have, they said, first of all, they published a study that said that they could supply the market. And additionally, they asked for exclusive, like uh, my phrasing is rough, but exclusive rights to the market. In other words, they wanted to, they didn't want any more licenses to be granted because they, you know, they were good. Right. They could, ha- they could handle it. And 
yeah, they felt like since I think even some of the reasoning is that since they built the industry that they deserve first shots, the industry, which just, just bullshit. So that, those are my thoughts on the 21 growers that get to have a complete monopoly in Illinois. Um, I will say that what they did was smart. They obviously talked to all the right people. I'm not saying it's right. I want to be very clear, but think about it. Chicago is the third most populous city in the United States. I might be wrong on that. Google it. Um, and they've got basically, like you said, a monopoly on the, on the city. And that's coincidentally why a lot of the, um, I mean, of course it's a high population area, right? But that's why all the dispensaries are up there too. So, uh, the, the, the game plan, what you have to realize, and I've said this on the podcast before, what you have to realize the game plan and Chicago ticks all those box, all these boxes. The game plan is limited licenses, high population and high tourism. That's what these companies are looking for. And if you look at what they're doing in Pennsylvania, New York, etc., they're literally calling it the new Illinois. They're, that's what they're calling it, right? So um, those, that's my opinion on uh, the 21 cultivators. So to move on, um, yeah, you're right, Chicago Medical MMJ. Sorry for the dead air, folks. I'm just, uh, again, I'm on Instagram, which is one of the three places we're still available online. You can find us on Twitter at Chillinois State. You can find us on any streaming service. That's where you can find our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Chillinois Podcast. Our website will be back. I'm redesigning it. It's going to be fucking great. So um, I was talking about Joe Biden and how he's pushing. He's kind of taking a conservative approach to cannabis legalization. What he's pushing for is decriminalization, expungements, legalizing cannabis, and rescheduling the plant under federal law, which would... Uh, well, and additionally, in addition to all this stuff, uh, they're trying to let states set their own policies. So, and that really relies on that rescheduling as far as I understand it. Um, and it definitely helps to have uh, legalized medical cannabis. That definitely helps in making things like easier. You know what I hope to see? I always make this joke and like, I just make it cause it's like prominent. I do not support Amazon, but what I'd like to see is the day that I can use my fucking credit card at the dispensary. Let's go. Like, why can't, why can't I use my fucking, the joke I was going to make is I can use my Amazon credit card at the dispensary, but I fuck, fuck Amazon. I mean, I love Amazon, but fuck Jeff Bezos, right? I don't, I don't agree with some of the things he does or her. he's just a rich motherfucker. God damn. Um, so uh, back to Joe Biden. Yes the banks back to joe biden he's reportedly set to nominate judge merrick garland which if you pay attention to politics at all it's a familiar name uh from the obama years 
Um, the thing about Judge Garland is that his views on cannabis are not very clear. But in the past, as reported by MarijuanaMoment.net, um, his, he's made oral arguments that suggest that he feels the DEA is the appropriate agency to weigh cannabis science and set the scheduling policy. So from what I'm led to believe, as Attorney General, Garland would be in a position to unilaterally initiate a petition to reschedule cannabis. I read that on MarijuanaMoment.net. And as head of the Justice Department, under which the DEA is organized, he would have considerable influence of the agency's scheduling and enforcement policies when it comes to cannabis. So um, let's hope he's favorable. But here's the thing, like, I cannot see him coming out like staunchly against it, especially with what the rest of the administration is look looking like. I mean, I think I literally just read, I should have had this headline ready, damn it. Um, I think I just read that he appointed, yeah, uh, Biden appointed um, a top, one of his top, sorry, I can't fucking read. He, uh, one of his new picks for a leading role in the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services is a strong ally of the medical cannabis community. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Her name's Rachel Levine. And she currently serves as Pennsylvania's health secretary. So, uh, again, I'm reading on MarijuanaMoment.net that she is being nominated to assistant secretary of HHS. The Biden administration is not shying away from her connection to medical cannabis at all. And, in fact, noted her expertise on the topic in a press release on Tuesday. So, folks, I'm feeling very very good about the prospect of uh, continued efforts to right some of the wrongs of our society, which is a really vague way of saying that I think pot's going to be real fucking legal soon. Like, real legal. Like, you can buy pot from McDonald's. You're going to be able to, no, I'm, I was going to say <laughs> you could get pot from McDonald's, but I don't know if you want to do that. Mike G, what's up, man? What's up? We just got through. Uh, we just got through talking about the exciting news, which is that we've finally got another pro cannabis administration. Folks, check out Mike G to God uh, and Weed Travel Food. Go to weedtravelfood.com to check out what he's got cooking. He's one of the coolest guys in the industry. He's inspired me to to do what I've what I've done and to keep doing what I do. So, uh, shout out to you, man. Um, anyways, we were just recapping, um, the exciting prospect of a Biden presidency and the fact that we finally have somebody that is clearly pro cannabis, still conservative about it in his approach. You know, he's not going for full blown legalization, but he is calling for expungements, which is really good. I uh, seems to want to support the more act, which I think is, I think is good. I've seen some objections to the more act, more act actually. And uh, we tried to report on that in one of the podcasts. I can be sure to follow up on this, but there are some objections. One of them that I remember off the top of my head in the more act is that the more act still doesn't 
So let me, how do I put this? The more act, if you have a cannabis related felony, you still, even after the passage of the more act and all the expungements and everything else that's going to come, if you have a cannabis related felony, I believe Google this folks, you still will not be able to work in the industry. And that is fucking bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. So, um, that's one of the things, um, Another thing that I think I've heard is that it arguably devotes too much money to law enforcement, which, I mean, we've talked plenty about our opinions on, I mean, look, yeah, I, I don't think law enforcement's lacking funding. Let me just put it that way. Or materials or supplies. We've talked about that. <laughs> so at this point, I don't really have much else to talk about. Um I just wanted to get on and do, you know, read some news. I want you guys to research everything that I talked about. You don't have to, but I'll be damned if you repeat me as if I was right. Like, I don't want to be perpetrating misinformation. So it's important to always research what people say. Like, I try to do it. I mean, I just did it at the beginning of this. I just did it at the beginning of this for a guest that was on our podcast. You know, like I try to, I just try to figure things out as much as I can, share that information and hope that it allows you to hit the ground running um, and maybe uh, refine your understanding. So yeah, that, that's all I got. That's all I got. So I'm going to give one more spark to this joint. And then I think I'm going to get on out of here. Thank you to the folks that are tuning in on the Instagram live. This full interaction, which we've talked about a lot during, or this full whatever. If you just joined and you want to hear about what I was just talking about, it'll come out as a podcast. Oh, Mike G's trying to join. Let's get him on here. Let's get him on here. Let's see what Mike's got to say. This is exciting. So folks that are listening to the podcast, my apologies if the audio isn't too great. Mike, welcome. How's it going, man? How you doing today? All right, that was really cool. We just had uh, Mike G to God on our Instagram live. Uh, I'm going to be cutting this off pretty soon. Um, I'll probably edit out that. I've edited out the the conversation because I doubt you guys could hear it. But if you'd like to listen to it, I'm going to be releasing it on our Instagram. Are you telling me to shush, Justine? What are you doing? Um, <laughs> so if you'd like to listen to uh, the conversation that I just had with Mike Malcolm, uh, go on to our Instagram at Chillinoy Podcast and you can play it back. Thank you, Mike, for jumping on to our Instagram live. And uh, folks, Mike will be back on the show in the future. We've got him scheduled. Uh, so look forward to that. But if you want to know what he was talking about with the name, with the brand that will not be named, we talked about it in our last podcast that we had with him. So if you want the the scoop, the details, that's my cheesy little tease for you so uh go go back and listen to the last podcast we had with mike and uh you can learn learn about that so 
Um, thanks. Yeah. Check out the conversation, the short conversation we had with Mike on our Instagram and uh, we'll see you next time.